old-fashioned football on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN, and they're offering 70% off if you go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. And make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Discord. Old-fashioned football. You make this deal right now, you pancake-eating mother... All right, deal! What's up, everybody, and welcome to Old Fashioned Football. Wow, I came in a little hot there. Um, that guitar you heard was a very good friend of mine, Paul Stevie. And shit, I was supposed to see him last week when he was in Iowa from West Virginia, and I didn't get to. So thank you, COVID. Yeah, I tested positive on the day I was supposed to see him. Anyways, I am Justin Mark, aka J Mark, aka J Mark Football on Twitter. And before we keep moving along, let's bring in my co-host Miranda, aka Mur, aka J Mark's wifey on Twitter. Mur, how are you doing today? Honestly, I'm a little bit exhausted, but I am super pumped at the same time to be here to do our second show. I feel like it's been a little bit since we've done our first show, so I'm just really ready. I've been looking forward to doing the second show with you. I know you know this, but I've been having to be very available for my family over the last couple weeks, so I haven't been around a lot. When I told you last night that I wanted to do the podcast this morning, I was not thinking about the fact that we'd be drinking an old-fashioned before noon. Well, the show must go on, <laughs> though, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been mm-hmm. slammed running around here and there for family stuff. Uh, you have, anyways. I've mm-hmm. been holding down the fort with COVID, and just life has just been busy in general. I mean, that's how it goes, right? So it does feel good to get on to the next episode. If you didn't hear the first and you want to learn about contracts and dynasty fantasy football auction leagues, check out episode one on the SGPN fantasy football feed. It's kind of a very formal episode compared to what we're doing here, but we wanted to give you an insight on just kind of how contracts work. And yeah, it, it kind of came very formal, didn't it? Well, maybe a little bit, but At the same time, it was a lot of information that we wanted to give you guys. It was a lot of information to cram in in just an episode. And I guess the informative nature of it turned it pretty formal. But after the last couple weeks that we've had, we're ready to kick back, relax, drink some whiskey, even if that means we're drinking it before noon. Yeah, yeah, I know I am. Uh, What are we drinking today? Today, we are drinking Woodford Reserved Double Oaked. Yep, Yep. and shout out to Nick Dant, a.k.a. NC Nick big Woodford fan. Um, I asked our discord channel, which if you're not part of the discord, you have to get on, get there. on the discord. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I asked the bar cause we have a bar in the discord channel. What kind of whiskey people liked? And their first answer that popped up was Jefferson's 
ocean aged at sea. And it was, which props to you. Uh, you picked that for our very first episode, so good on you there. I still stand by it being one of the best. It's still my favorite bourbon. And I'm excited because I recently found a different voyage number, and I got it. It's been very tempting not to open it and compare. I really want to compare it, but we're going to save it for some future episode and do a comparison of the two voyages. Absolutely. Uh, you know what, though? This one is pretty damn good, too. So, But we're going to talk about it a little bit later in our whiskey segment. We're going to be drinking this in our old-fashioned throughout the episode. And if you like to have a drink, grab yourself one. Uh, better yet, make an old-fashioned with Woodford so you're drinking the same thing and you can drink right along with us. Now, I would say I'm going to give you time to go make your drink, but I'm pretty sure you can all find the pause button. So we'll go on and, and you can continue. You can drink something else, of course. You can drink water if you want. You know, it's your call. We don't mind either way because we're going to drink ours either way. So, Justin, I'm guessing all of our friends want my strategy. Oh, wait. Hang on. Did you say yours? <laughs> Maybe they want mine. Sure. <laughs> Anyways, this week we're going to be giving tips on how to win your fantasy football auction draft. We're going to base this off of a general auction draft because I feel like if we went into the dynasty side of things, it's a little more complicated because people can keep have their keepers and we're just we're sticking to just a general auction draft and we're going to give you guys some guidelines or rules. Yeah, yeah, and what just one thing to keep in the back of your head in dynasty Younger players are probably going to cost you more. That That's the main mm -hmm. difference here. But um, So we're going to call this the Ten Commandments of Fantasy Football Auction Drafts. <laughs> I, I, okay, I like it. The Ten <laughs> Commandments. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I was, I was going to say, as always, but um, this is our second show, so I guess we don't really have an as always yet. A um, little small sample size, but I'm going to say this over and over. If you have questions on auction drafts, auction leagues, fantasy football, whiskey hell questions on life send them to Miramur on twitter we will get them worked into the show because this has been you know just two episodes in this has been a lot of fun for us but you know we're doing this for the listeners we we want to interact we want you guys to pull away with something from this yeah absolutely reach out to us slide into our dms the, i will pre-screen all sliding into miranda's <laughs> dm no i'm just kidding <laughs> Yeah, just absolutely. Like as a reminder, we're we're doing some preview and preseason shows right now. But once the season starts, one thing we really want to do is we want to have some regular segments on our show. So we want to we want to know what you guys want to hear about, what your questions are. We want to work those in. Yeah, like whiskey. Well, it wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't have whiskey. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm talking fantasy football, like your studs and duds, contracts to watch, trade reviews, even like a mail room for questions. Yeah, again, we're going to keep hammering the mail room. Send us questions. Mm -hmm. um, and don't forget, named after our last name, the quote-unquote Mark at Movers. Um, so this is something I built last year. It tracks player target shares and carries week over week. Now, I know you can go on the internet and find the average target share anywhere, but I like to track the change. Like, what wide receiver doesn't have the stats showing, but his target share keeps going up and up and up, and he's, like, just on the verge of a breakout week? Or... Maybe somebody looked really impressive, and he's going to be the hot item to pick up on the waiver wire. But you start looking at it, and it wasn't because he was targeted more. Just he got lucky on his and pulled in more of his regular 7% target share. I promise not to let Justin be a total nerd with his spreadsheet, but wait, I, hey. I dig it. I dig it. I dig <laughs> your nerdiness. All right. Well, let's get started with our 10 commandments of fantasy football auction drafts. 
Now we've each added five, and just to make it a little more confusing, I know for a fact we're not going to agree on all of these. So you'll have to decide which one of us to listen to, but we're both going to do the best to make our case. Or they could just listen to me, and it would be easier. <laughs> uh, let's not forget who won our 12-team league last year. I was going to let you start, but now I'm just going to go. I'm, I'm starting with mine. Okay, well, right. I mean, number, ladies first anyways. Number one commandment. Here we go. Um, if it's your first time, don't get overwhelmed. That's what she said. Really? We're, we're doing that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So it's easier to be overwhelmed when it starts because, you know, that bidding starts fast. All the bids are rolling in. Players go left and right. It's so much different than doing a snake draft where you can check off your boxes as the rounds go by, like cross out players that have been taken, and whether that's a running back, wide receiver, um, zero running backs in the first round, etc. Like in the auction draft, you may draft your quarterback, and then you may draft your kicker, and then a defense or something. There's really no way of telling what order the players are gonna, that you want are going to come to you. Yeah. But the, I think the important thing is, like, go in with a plan. Yeah, no, I agree uh, on this one. You, you don't have to have, or if you don't have, sorry, some sort of plan, it's really easy to get overwhelmed and even miss out on players that you want in your roster because um, you kind of get wrapped up in everything, and, and it, it does move quick. And you might not realize what positions you haven't adequately fulfilled until it's too late. I mean, I've been there. I've been like, oh, this running back looks good. Oh, I need this running back because running backs are so thin. And pretty soon it's like, oh, boy, I haven't drafted a wide receiver. And most of the top ones are gone. So I need to focus on that. So so I think the next commandment, number two on our list of how to win your fantasy football auction draft is don't get caught up in a bidding war. Now, I am really bad at this. I Likewise. like Sometimes the competition gets the best of me, or I might be known for bidding up, a, bidding up people so that they have less capital to spend on players against me. Yeah, well, see, now I set my limits on top players pre-draft, and while I'm bidding, it's getting closer and closer to my limit. Once it hits my limit, I, I don't always stop. It's like, one dollar more and I might get well now one dollar more you know maybe it's worth it just a couple dollars more but it is easy to get carried away and I think sometimes you have to like keep going if it's for like an elite player because sometimes you can't just determine how much players or positions are going to go for but I think overbidding or getting in the bidding war can throw your plans off too much unless you know the player is absolutely going to be worth it. Yeah, I mean, but bidding wars, I mean, one or two of them is all it takes to just throw things all helter-skelter. Absolutely. Like, I'll, I'll have an amount for each player at a certain tier. If you listen to our first podcast, I spoke a little bit about my tier system. But if a player goes above the price for the tier I have him ranked in, I am likely not going to pay it, but there are some rare exceptions. Like what? Okay, well... Let's say all the Tier 1 players are going over my budget that I have set for them, and the pool of Tier 1 players or even Tier 2 players are getting less and less. And you know me, like, I have to have a Tier 1 and a tier, or a Tier 2. Like, I, I have to have that for my team. Like, I, that's a goal I set for myself going into the auction. So if they're going and there's still a Tier 1 or Tier 2 player who I would absolutely be happy with on my team and I want them, I'm going to go above the budget I set for them. I'm going to go all out and get them so that I have one of those top-ranked players on my team. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I understand that line of thinking. Um, the thing with auction drafts, from what we've seen, you'll, you'll kind of get to know what your league is like, right? So you're going to understand how they operate, um, what managers will or won't play, what positions they over or undervalue. But having said that, there's 
always unpredictable things. Like, you know, most of us, uh, I don't know if all of us, but most of us anyways, we gather as much information as we can, right? Um, So we're we're looking at players' rankings, reading articles, etc. But we also have players that we know we want. And sometimes people will pay a ridiculous amount of money on somebody because they just, they think it's that player's year. So it's really easy to get caught up in it, but don't. Right, because you need a full roster. And while obviously having one of the best players is the goal of everybody's, especially mine, I think (laughs) having that well-rounded roster with adequate backup, it's really important. Yeah, and just a little shameless plug here. Um, Download the SGPN app or go to the website. Um, Really, though, the app makes it super easy. But I did write an article on budget players and the whole article is based around you wanted Jonathan Taylor, right? He's the highest projected salary right now at $72. Um, and it's all about filling up a winnable roster after drafting him. So just had to throw in a little shameless plug there. Go check that out because you can get a well-rounded roster even if you pay a lot. Just I would just say don't don't overpay. Don't don't get caught up in that bidding war. Don't don't pay like $90 or whatever for him. So the next commandment, commandment number three, it's one of my favorite things to do is nominate a player that you think will be a high dollar player, but you don't want them. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Now, I know that probably sounds a little odd, but think of it this way. Auction drafts, it's all, it's a numbers game. It's, It's just what it is. You have to have your strategy and your planning. And it's who can get the most high quality players, but at but also have that well-rounded team, and I really try to get get the deals. So let's say I'm one of the first people up to nominate a player, and I have no interest in Christian McCaffrey this year because of the injury durability concerns for me. But he's obviously still going to be a player that's going to go for a good chunk of money. And so I'll nominate him and get people bidding. There will be a bidding war that will go on with him, and – I'll get a chunk of somebody's budget out of the way so that they can't bid against me on another player. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree with this one. And from years of playing auction links together, I know that we both do Mm -hmm. this almost every nomination. You rarely nominate a player you want, and I do the same thing. In fact, just a little um, behind baseball here, as they call it, I know for a fact you and I have made a deal of, hey, if you tell me your next targeted player, if it's not the same as mine, I will not nominate them. Yes, we have. We've done this. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. So my next commandment to win your fantasy football auction draft, and okay, this is not the most important one, of course. I know this isn't a high-ranking thing, but it always helps me. Draft your kicker and defense early. Get them out of the way. So in your auction drafts, you can nominate whoever you want when it's your turn. I like to go ahead, check kicker and defense off my list, so I don't have to worry about it. Just, I mean, side note um, to this rule, there, there's no point in paying a lot for these either of these. Um, the separation between the number one kicker and the number 10, it's not that much. So, um, you know, there are a couple kickers that are listed as like $3 projections or whatever. Top kicker last year was Daniel Carlson. He finished with 174 points. The number 10 kicker, if you're in a 10-team league, was, uh, let's see, Dustin Hopkins, 147. That's 27 points. But if you look at their per-game average here, Carlson is 10.2. Hopkins had 8.7. So you're looking at an average of less than two points a game. A dollar is all you need for a kicker. Yeah, I, I never spend more than a dollar on a kicker. Um, I, I disagree with you on the fact that get your kicker and defense out of the way early. I, I disagree with that. Like, I know that 
one one dollar i'm never going to spend more than a dollar on a kicker you'll never see me do that one dollar of my budget is going to be for my kicker and i'll get them when i get them i have found and it is super frustrating especially in our leagues you nominate your kicker and your defense early people are going to bid against you because oh well i don't have a kicker yet or i don't have a defense yet and i nothing frustrates me more than when i nominate my kicker and somebody bids up to two dollars and okay well <laughs> have your two dollar kicker then because i'm only spending a dollar um but, but yeah i like for a defense normally like five dollars max um I, there has been a year where i have paid ten dollars for my defense it was the bears it was also their shit year <laughs> following <laughs> one of their best years so it kind of bit me in the butt but People bid me up. I nominated the Bears. They're going. Got a bidding war going. But, yeah, I I don't nominate them early, so I definitely – that's a commandment that we're going to disagree on always. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like to get out of the way. And I understand that somebody might bid against me and spend their money. So mm-hmm. kickers, I really don't care who I get. I just nominate one and hope that I get them. Defenses, I'm a little pickier, so I'll have two or three I want so that if I don't get that first one, um, I do have a backup. But – yeah, you know, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna bid again. If I get outbid on a kicker or a defense, I am not bidding again. I, I just can't bring myself to do it. But I do like to get it checked off my list um, early on in the draft. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to commandment number five: Don't nominate your handcuff until you absolutely need to. Now, I'm not a huge handcuff person, anyways. I don't focus on it much unless it's a situation where I don't trust a player due to injury history. But then again, I'm probably not gonna build my team around an injury-prone player. Um, but I, I find that handcuffs rarely replace the value of the starter. So for me, a handcuff shouldn't be considered until your clear-cut starters are already gone. Yeah, and there there aren't a lot of handcuffs that are even worth it that provide the value. I mean, the main one I can think of is Alexander Madison as a handcuff to Dalvin Cook because Madison's a talented guy that, no, he might not replace the full value, but he will replace some to a, to a good extent because he is pretty talented. But there's not a lot that scream like, I need to draft these guys. Agreed. And if you're looking at injury-prone running backs, Chuba Hubbard hasn't shown he can replace Christian McCaffrey or even come close to it. Matt Breida is an intriguing option to handcuff to Saquon Barkley. Breida has had some success or at least a flash of talent with San Francisco and then Miami. Yeah, so I know one of the reasons that this commandment is here, and it kind of ties into what we've already talked about. If you nominate your handcuff right after you draft your running back or even when people still have a decent amount of money, you can be damn sure they are going to bid you up on it. They, you're not gonna, they don't want you to get a cheap handcuff. Absolutely. That, that's definitely something you're going to see happen. And, and it doesn't even make sense. Like, your starters are still out there and you're drafting your handcuff. That is not where your focus should be if you have starters still out there. You should be spending your money trying to get other starters rather than wasting a big chunk of your budget on a handcuff who is not going to provide the value that a starter is going to provide you. Yep, absolutely. So um, with that, we're going to take a brief moment. We have five done. we got five more coming up. We're going to take a brief moment to give a shout-out to our sponsors. 
We're brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on WinBet's $50 win, $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. And listen, if you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. Their reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. And don't forget about the ultimate fantasy football experience. You are running out of time. You have four more days left as of this recording. Bet $500 on sports or casino before July 31st, 2022, and get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore. Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries allowed. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bets today. Offer subject to change. Terms and condition at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And make sure to check out our new Discord, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord, hang out with Moran and I, ask us questions, hang out with everybody that's part of the SGPN. It's a great place to be. And don't forget about IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It is that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. Boom. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. Now listen, have you ever been in a tight spot and you need some cash? I can remember this time, uh, Moran and I had this Ford Escape and the transmission dropped and we just weren't at a place to buy a new car or to even make a down payment on a new car. That's where I wish we had Dave. Dave is a app that you can go to if you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet. It can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Well, now Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Hindsight's 2020, and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you could ask to borrow a little cash. Well, now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, catch up on bills, um, maybe even try to fix your Ford Escape when it breaks down and the transmission drops. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from the future you. 
Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account to get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Your future you will thank you. All right, back to our top 10 commandments to help you win your fantasy football auction draft. And this could probably be renamed to Don't Be a Dick because it rarely pays off, but we're going to call it Don't Bid People Up, or at least if you do, do it cautiously. So I know this is a competition. Sometimes you want to get nasty and bid up your friends, your enemies, regardless. I had a really hard time letting you finish that because I don't know if anybody realized what just happened here, but Justin just called me a dick. I just got done saying earlier that I am that person who will bid you up. So I guess being the dick, (laughs) if I know that you really want a player, it just kind of goes, it's an unspoken rule between us. We don't really talk about our drafts in advance so that we don't know who we're going after. But if, if if I know somebody really wants a player, I might bid them up. I want them to spend their draft capital so that they don't have as much to bid against me later. Let's say, for example, Nick Fortune on our in our league, he is a huge 49ers fan. If I saw him nominate Elijah Mitchell, I'm going to bid him up because I know he really wants Elijah Mitchell on his team. Um, now, I am careful with that because if you're bidding someone up, you do. You have to be comfortable getting that player on your team. If the other person is like, okay, yep, this is too high for me, I'm out. And then you're stuck with that person on your team. So I don't really do that if it's not somebody I wouldn't be comfortable having on my team and wouldn't be able to kind of change my draft and compensate for the money I spent on them. Sure. You know, this might be why you become public enemy number one. I mean, your team, especially in the league that we run together, it's the team that people like to set the bar against, right? So if they can do better, they can beat Murr. They, they do feel better about it. But maybe it's because you're bidding everybody up and being a dick. <laughs> maybe. I guess you all can keep hoping, but I'm going to keep beating you all, especially Connor and my Uncle Brent. <laughs> yeah, right. So we have a guy in our league, Connor. Um, every year he makes the playoffs, right? And every year he loses, and when he does it's to a mark. doesn't matter if it's me or Miranda every year going into the playoffs. He's normally projected to win because he drafts very strong teams and sometimes by a lot, but he always ends up getting upset by a mark. He's even made a joke about how he just expects it at this point. Yeah. And it, it is pretty funny. You know, most people would get a little bummed about it, but he, he does a good job of just rolling with it. He, he takes it all in stride, laughs about it, laughs it off, and never once has been like, yeah, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to commandment number seven. And this is one of, for me, in my opinion, one of the most important and almost ties into my tier system in a sense, but plan your draft out by position. It doesn't necessarily matter what that plan is, but plan it out. It can be a plan if you're going to draft players A, B, and C, no matter what, then that's your plan. Or maybe you're going to spend 50% of your budget on running backs, 30% on wide receivers, 20% on the rest. If you don't plan things out, you're going to be scrambling the whole draft, and you're not going to be happy with your team. I mean, scrambling isn't that bad. I I scramble most drafts, and it works out all right. Do not listen to him. If you don't want to scramble, (laughs) plan your draft out to some extent. I mean, I guess by the end of every draft, I might be scrambling a little, but I have planned it out to where I'm I'm comfortable getting whatever I'm getting at the end of my draft. And I'm usually I am there and I'm drafting 
five one dollar bench spots yeah in credit to you you do normally end up having a lot of like you have not much money left and i'm reminding you from the other room because we literally we can't sit in the same room while no, we do our we auction drafts it's ugly can, yeah we can't <laughs> do it but I literally i'll be like hey just so you know you got five roster spots left and five dollars um but every year you you put together a pretty good roster i, I don't like to admit that very often but you do. To hear so, that, he is admitting. He's admitting. <laughs> yep, I did say it. Now I guess <laughs> it's officially on record. But um, I, I get what you're saying. I just personally, I like to wing it. I normally have one target, one player that I'm going to draft at no price. Like, this sounds so nerdy, but I've walked into drafts and I have my folded up piece of paper like in draft day. And I it says a player's name and it says no matter what. So, um you know, I scramble from there after I get that player. I start seeing how players are going as far as cost, what positions are going for, and I start writing down a few of the available guys left, and um, then I'll write down another. And pretty soon I've kind of planned it out um, during the draft rather than before, but it is a bit of scrambling. I just think the more prepared you are, not only the easier it's going to be, but the more likely you're going to get players that you've researched or players you've looked into and not just, oh, yeah, I drafted this guy. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Now, I will say, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I know I know football fairly well. I watch a lot of football. You know I watch a lot of football. I, I look at a lot of stats. I, I have a pretty good idea of the players before the, the draft. Like, I, I just, I know them fairly well. So I'm not just kind of doing a, oh, yeah, this guy. Like, I have an idea if I want a player or not um, when he pops up. When his name pops up, it's like, yeah, I could see myself rostering this guy or yeah i want no part of that so you know um it's just it's not my approach though to um just kind of plan everything uh plan it all out and before you say i'm wrong hang on uh let's let's talk about something i know we both like our whiskey and once again you slide out of an argument by bringing up whiskey yeah no all right so um one of the things that we're going to stick to as well i you know i said we're going to stick to the mail room one of the things we're going to stick to is we are literally drinking our whiskey while we're doing the show so if you hear glasses getting set down ice clinking um anything like that it we're not faking this whole that we're drinking our whiskey and reviewing our whiskey while doing our podcast. We both enjoy um, whiskey, especially bourbons. Bourbons, um, for sure. Yeah, and so we, we're literally drinking. So I'm going to tell them a little bit about Woodford Double Oaked. Um, go ahead and try yours while I'm doing that so that you're ready to say what try you think it. about it. I've been drinking it, it the well, whole time. <laughs> well, we've been drinking it in our old-fashioned. Now we're going to drink it straight to give a little idea. Um, okay. So Woodford Reserve Double Oaked, uh, in case you don't know what Double Oaked means, it's matured in separate charred oak barrels. So, uh, you know, part of the whiskey and especially bourbon making process is it matures at least seven years in charred oak barrels. Um, so on this one, the second one is deeply toasted before a light charring. Um, and so that extracts kind of an additional soft sweet oak character. Now, if you go to Woodford Reserve site, they will tell you that this has rich notes of dark fruit, caramel, sharp honey, chocolate, marzipan, and toasted oak, and a full-bodied mix of vanilla, dark caramel, hazelnut, apple, fruit, and spices. Um, Miranda, you just took a drink. I'm going to take a drink of mine straight. What did you think? Did you pick up any of that? I mean, it, this definitely has a lot of flavor. I do. I think I do pick up on some of that, you know, those dark spices that you're talking about. It's a really easy drinker for me. Yeah, this one is, it's another very smooth bourbon. Um, <clears throat> has a, a little bit of tingle, I feel, at the back of the throat after you drink it. Whereas 
Compared to the Jeffersons, I don't feel like there's any tingle maybe, there. Maybe we should have tried it before we were drinking an Old Fashioned this whole time because <laughs> I don't have that tingle at the back of my throat anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so I, I just took a drink while Miranda was talking there too. And I feel like after you read something, like you read you're supposed to pick something up, then you pick more of it up. So I definitely got a little bit of caramel that time. And um, I, I always go with uh, take a sip take another sip and then take a third sip and try to taste it. Like don't try to get that flavor off of your first taste of it. Taste it like three times. And then, you know, I feel like you pick it up a little bit more on that third taste. Are you a swisher? Do you swish it around in your mouth like mouthwash? I I don't think I'm a swisher. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not either, but you know, you think of like, um, that's a wine thing, right? You swish your wine around a little. I don't swish my wine either. (laughs) I just drink it. (laughs) Maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. No. Um, yeah, this this is a good whiskey. And to what she was saying, like we we watched this bourbon documentary. Um, I don't know if it's still out there, but it was really informative. And one of the things that one of the the ladies on there, she's a distiller. And I think she owns her own company now. But she said your first taste of bourbon is always bad. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if I agree with that because I've t- tasted some in the first try. It's like oh that's damn. Yeah, good. you know when but, you have a good bourbon, yeah. you know off of that first try it's a good bourbon for sure. But like so on others. Um, that maybe they don't hit right away. The first taste is always going to kind of catch you off guard, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially if you don't drink a lot of bourbon. Um, it's going to catch you off guard. But um, that second and third taste, you're going to, you are going to pick up more of those flavors. And going back to that documentary, we need to figure out like, was it just called bourbon? Was it just bourbon? Um, or was it called neat? neat? I don't know. We'll look we it need up. to find it, figure it out because it really. Like, I liked some bourbons before, but after watching that, like, it changed my appreciation for bourbon, just the whole process, and I feel like after that, it was, like, bourbon, bourbon, bourbon for me, so. It was one of the best days of my life that we watched that, because <laughs> I'm not kidding, Miranda turned to me after we were done, and she's like, this makes me want to buy more bourbon, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I am there for that. <laughs> and since then, our bourbon, your bourbon collection, yeah, as it's gotten out of hand. I won't say it's gotten out of hand. It's going to help us with this podcast. But. Right. No, I, so a, a buddy of mine, I was kind of telling him how pumped I was to be doing this. And he asked if there were enough bourbons for that to be sustainable or enough whiskeys. And I went to our, um, we have like a little downstairs bar that all the bourbons are on. And I started counting and I said, Oh, I got 27 bourbons, just bourbons, not counting whiskeys. I got 27 right now. Um, and I know I don't have them all. So oh, no. <laughs> like, no, I feel like sometimes I have to drag you out of a store and we're like, no, we're not buying bourbon today. <laughs> <laughs> it, this is true. So, um, so yeah, that's the whiskey we're drinking. Um, check it out. If you want to try Woodford reserve, um, their regular whiskey, I've had their, just their regular, um, bourbon. It is very good as well. Like I said, we were doing double oaked today. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the double oaked. I, I do like it more than the, the normal, now that we've done some more drinking and talked some bourbon whiskey, let's finish up our top 10 commandments. Um, I know I just took commandment number seven, but I'm also taking number eight. It's one I'm passionate about is not going crazy on a quarterback. Doing that could cost you the entire draft. This is like I just I'm passionate about this one. It's personal for me. It has affected many of my seasons. Because it left me scrambling. I think maybe one or two years ago, everybody kept outbidding me on a quarterback. In fact, one person who I'm not going to get into names on here. Brandon. Uh, 
I guess we're going to get into names on here. Brandon, <laughs> um, he drafted four quarterbacks before I could get one. It didn't matter. I didn't need to spend a bunch of capital on a quarterback to have a good year. So I have the rule, don't overpay for a quarterback. Of course, somebody like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson will give you a statistical advantage due to the rushing ceiling. But like Josh Allen, he had six rushing touchdowns last year and projected $1 quarterback Ryan Tannehill had seven. Really? That surprises me. I'm sure Allen had more yards. Well, he did, but that's not my point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, again, you know, you got to think about it. Would you rather spend an extra $25 on Josh Allen and have $25 less to spend on a running back? Um, And this is also another great way to nominate people you don't want. One of our earlier rules. Sorry, rules. The the whiskey's hitting me, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, so say you don't want to target Josh Allen and you want to try to get Mahomes, Jackson, Rogers, Murray, you know, or, you know, you, you just nominate somebody you don't want that you know is going to bring in a lot of money. Um, now, I do want to, we, we had a, we did have a question on Reddit here about Superflex. So Superflex um, for those of you that don't know, it's a flex position where you can start a quarterback. You can start any position there. That might alter this a little bit different because obviously your your quarterbacks are going to score more than, say, a wide receiver some right. days. So that will alter your strategy, and you w- will want to invest a little bit more in quarterbacks. But I still wouldn't go crazy because you can get two mid-range quarterbacks for a couple bucks even, and they're still going to give you good Pretty good points week in and week out. Agreed. You you definitely don't need the top quarterback, nor do you need four quarterbacks to win. Sorry, not sorry, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> also, I didn't want to interject there, but apparently we should have dropped this earlier and forced it in front of the Arizona Cardinals to not overspend on a quarterback. So, so last Thursday, it was announced, to get ready for this, they signed Kyler Murray to a five-year $230.5 million extension that includes $160 million guaranteed, the second highest quarterback salary on a per year basis, and it's like $46.1 million a year. That's insane. It is insane. I mean, so here's my problem with this with this massive quarterback contract, and I haven't looked at how it's structured. You know, it might be team friendly. I have no idea. So this is going off the basis that maybe it's not. I don't know. But when you're paying somebody that much money, it makes it really hard to make any kind of splashes in free agency because your money is so wrapped up in these high-dollar contracts. Now, I get it. Quarterback is like one of the most um, important positions in in regular football, not in fantasy football, obviously. We've all seen that. But if he does not lead them to a Super Bowl, is it worth it? Like, is first of all, is Kyler Murray going to be a top-ten quarterback for the next um, five years, and is he going to get them to a Super Bowl or more? Those are questions he's got to answer for them after getting this big contract. Now, this is something, sorry, I'm rambling right now, but this is something um, that I'm passionate about. I mean, you pay a smaller quarterback a large amount of money, and I'm not picking on him due to his size, but the NFL is full of massive guys, and you're a smaller guy, so your injury risk goes up. I'm not wishing injury on him. I'm not saying that, but that kind of money is just insane, but Anyways, um, let's go ahead and get back to fantasy football. Um, And, yeah, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Our next episode, we're going to be looking at the top 10 projected dollar amounts in auction drafts for quarterbacks, speaking of quarterbacks. So 
we're going to kind of talk about whether it's overpriced, fair value, underpriced. Um, just follow us and, you know, shoot us some thoughts on your thoughts there too. I have a feeling we're going to have some disagreements on our next episode with some of those players. Oh, you know we're going to disagree on some <laughs> of those players. So um, the listeners, again, you're just going to have to decide which side you're on. Right with me or wrong with you. Um, excuse me. So <laughs> I can't, you know what the, the, this podcast is making our rivalry, our in-house rivalry, even more intense. It's, and it was intense before. Like we, yeah, yeah. I, there are some days where I don't even want to look at you. I don't want to see you on our, on our, <laughs> like the last day where it comes down to we're against each other for that week. And this, the last game Monday night football is going to make it or break it for one of us. And, yeah. and I just, no, nope. Yeah. And. <laughs> Okay, so normally I am I'm a I'm a pretty humble person. So when I win, I don't boast about it normally. But when it's a Monday night game between us and Miranda needs like say she needs ten points to win, I am very quick to point out um, every quarter of the game how low her player might be doing. Mm-hmm. Now, if he's doing well, I'm quiet, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but but um, so we're gonna have to. You know, when we play each other in the first week that we end up playing each other in any of our fan, we're in three auction leagues together. Yes. So we're going to have to kind of break down the, the matchup, especially after I beat you. <laughs> if you can. Yeah, well. Let's let's just, let's, let's wait and see how things turn out. Yeah, I think we're going to have to put a little wager on this. I could be down for that. Yeah, like, uh, you know, so normally we do a pretty good job doing teamwork on housework. It's pretty evenly, I would say. Um but I think uh, loser has to do majority of the housework, cleaning dishes, laundry. I think that could be arranged, and I think you're going to be doing a lot of cleaning around here. <laughs> oh, okay. You're on. Uh, let's move on to commandment number nine. This one is simple. We don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Don't worry about your bye weeks. That That's a good one. Um, and I, I've even had a team, like, a team name where I changed my team name which I don't normally change it. I think I'm contradicting myself from our previous <laughs> podcast. But I changed it to bye week nine because after we got done drafting, I was looking at where my bye weeks fell, and half of my team was bye week nine. Um, I, I mean, that didn't affect me. I was able – like, I made changes throughout the season. You have injuries. You do trades, um, picking up off the free agency. And by the time bye week nine came around, my team was a little bit different. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I got through bye week nine just fine. Yeah, I mean, it, I used to obsess over bye weeks. Like, oh, I can't draft this guy because I already got two players on a bye week that week. Look, you're, you're going to lose some weeks, right? I mean, we all know we're going to lose some weeks in fantasy football. Don't pass up on a talented player just because they have a bye week. I mean, you never know how the season's going to play out. Like Murray was just saying, like, you don't know who's going to be a dud. You don't know who's going to be a stud, who's going to get injured, who's going to be your hot free agent pickup off the waiver wire. Do not plan your draft on a bye week. All right, so I don't really have anything more to say to that one. So let's move to commandment number 10. This is another personal one for me. Do not (laughs) auto-draft. I cannot stress that enough. Like, this is – people plan out their drafts. People strategize. Do not come – like, get to your draft night – and you don't even show up, like, don't do that. We communicate in advance so much. We spend a lot of time planning and working with everybody to find and plan the night that's going to be our draft. Don't forget about it. This is important. Some people, like me, get really competitive. And when you have somebody who shows up to the draft or doesn't show up to the draft and they're on auto draft, 
it throws everything. It just it changes the whole like you can't you can't get those top players at a bargain because somebody else decides they don't want them. Auto draft is going to bid him up if that player needs to f- to fill that spot on their roster. Yeah, no, I definitely thought you were going to take another twist there and say don't auto draft because you might end up with Gronk for fifty dollars. But <laughs> exactly, uh, no, I agree completely. So if you've never done an auction draft, when you are auto drafted, the computer or AI, whatever you want to call it, it will bid you up to the projected salary if it wants to put that player on your team. So if it says, um. J- Najee Harris is projected at $56, I think. If it says he's projected $56 and you don't have a running back, it's going to continue to bid him up to $56. And when you're on auto-draft like that and it's just auto-drafting, it it can really throw the rest of the league off. Don't disrespect your league, league like that. Um, just just show up. Show up and draft your team. It's really – it's a bunch of bullshit when somebody shows up on auto-draft. And I know – okay, so I had my own auto-draft experience. I showed up to my draft, though. I yeah. had technical <laughs> difficulties. We talked about it last podcast. Um, but, I yeah, I ended up auto-drafting Gronk for – it was $54, $55. Now, that was his best year, so it turned out in my favor, and I made it to the playoffs. Everything was fine. I panicked. I might have thrown a fit when it happened. Um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but auto, aside from the accidental auto drafts, like the things that you can't control, show up to your draft. I actually feel like this is the most important commandment. This is the most important. You are going to, you're going to screw everybody if you don't show up to your draft. I'm clearly very passionate about this. I feel like every year we're in some league where somebody doesn't show up and you're like, seriously, even if we weren't doing an auction draft and you're doing a snake draft, it still is like, you know, if that person was there, you know, they wouldn't have picked that player and you were banking on getting that because in our, in our snake draft that we do, um, I'll, let's just say there's not a lot of strategy that goes into it for some people. And yeah. you know, you're going to walk away with some really good players, right? Auto draft comes in and, changes your strategy so that's all i'll just step off my soapbox and we'll (laughs) keep going (laughs) i mean i was gonna jump in there and say that you you need to calm down a little bit but no that was good i i completely agree with it so um if you want other tips another little shameless plug here check out sports gambling podcast app or website i do have a couple articles that are surrounding auction drafts um they're there to help you navigate your draft i know Adam is going to continue to twist your arm to get uh, some info on your tier system and publish that. You I don't know. Keep if, trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say I don't know that that'll happen, but follow me on Twitter at jmarkfootball. Follow Miranda at jmarkswifey. Um, we're going to be kicking out auction content for podcasts all year. Um, Miranda, do you have anything to add? I'm I'm just going to circle back to like reach out to us on Twitter. Um, ask us questions. We want to be putting content into these podcasts that you guys want. We want to provide you with information that's going to help you in your auction leagues. We don't want to be sitting here talking about information that you don't find interesting that isn't helpful. So let us know if there's something, if there's an area like you want more information on, or you want to know what our thoughts are, let us know. We'll work it into our podcast. Absolutely. Um, one other thing to add, and like, this isn't meant to be like, um, a play on the the male female thing but i think we can all agree that there uh, generally has been more male involvement in fantasy football right i, I uh, would have to agree with you there unfortunately yeah so like maybe your girlfriend or your wife or even just your good friends 
they're maybe really they like football maybe, but they say, well, I don't want to get into the fantasy football. Bring them here. Say, listen to this badass chick here talking about <laughs> fantasy football because I'm not kidding. She she continually kicks our asses yeah. and um, you know you're not lying. <laughs> no, like I mean, she continually kicks our asses. She she had the undefeated season. Like she just we have a good time with mm-hmm. it. I think everybody, as much as we like to. Um, Raw Miranda up. We like to make her public enemy number one. Like we have a blast having her with us in all of these leagues. And like to the point, like when other friends of mine that know me more than they really know you, they they'll be wanting to start a league or an opening. They'll ask like, you think Miranda wants to join because they want you to participate because you're a competitive player. I I take it seriously. It's no joke. Like it's serious. I'm competitive. I want to crush your teams. (laughs) I'm not just, Oh, reaching out asking who should like I, I don't really go to you i might ask you your opinion on a player here or there but yeah. no yeah i want to be why my team is successful i, I yeah. you know i put in like the research and i'm competitive i know what i'm doing right to some extent well, I, don't I, wanna... do, I do the same thing i'll ask you like you know in in your opinion mm-hmm. would you start this person or this person it, that doesn't mean that we listen to each other yeah like we I... might advise each <laughs> other like oh i'd start this guy that doesn't mean we listen mm-hmm. but i think I think getting more resources is always helpful, right? It's always helpful to mm-hmm. get another person's opinion. So, um, but yeah, no, like follow us on Twitter, ask us questions, whether it's like I said in the beginning of the podcast, auction drafts, fantasy football, whiskey, life, how to get your girlfriend into fantasy football, your wife into fantasy football, whatever, you know, like ask there's us gotta questions. be more competitive ladies out there. Come on. <laughs> I'm sure there are. I, you know what? I, I bet if you just told them like turn to your wife and be like, wouldn't you like to kick my ass in fantasy football? I bet they do. It's a rewarding feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, thank you for joining Old Fashioned Football, um, our second episode. We're going we're gonna to continue to build the reps. I mean, I think we're just going to keep getting better and better content going from here. Like, we're trying to put out some kick-ass stuff right now. But I think as podcasters, this being our, our first, we're just going to grow, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be talking auction leagues. We're going to be talking whiskey. Join us each week. Uh, we'll be releasing on most Wednesdays. Um, you know what? My whiskey is about gone. Going once, going twice. Sold. Old-fashioned football.